0: Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Namaskara, good morning, good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching or listening and welcome to this episode of Perspective Platoon. With Pratik. My guest this week is Riti Adav. Riti and I have known each other for close to a year now and met each other at the University of Central Oklahoma through our um, work with the Indian Student Association. In this episode, we explore quite a few topics in terms of um, Riti's sort of leaning into classical music and growing up and learning that and her love for it and wanting to keep it alive. And her exploration into the field of law and wanting to become an international lawyer and working in Geneva, and sort of a lot of those things that sort of a prospective professional would think about in a lot of ways. So it's definitely a lot that you can relate to from just the way that we all approach life and look at the things that we want to do in the future. So, without further ado, I present to you. Hrithi Yadav on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik. Hey Hrithi, how's it going?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. What about you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thank you so much for joining me once again. I appreciate you taking the time to do this.
1: Of course. like uh, Before we get
0: started, yeah, before we get started, if you could let everybody know who you are, what you do, what you like, what you don't like, future aspirations, everything and mm-hmm. anything you're comfortable sharing.
1: Of course. Hi, everyone, uh, whoever's watching the podcast. Um, my name is Riddhi Yadav. Um, I am an Indian, of course, but uh, I guess I can add another feather to my name. I'm also an Indian American. I was um, 12 years old when I first came to America, and um, since eighth grade, I've been here, and it has been a blessing. And, um, you know, I do miss India, but, you know, I feel like the culture is very close to me um, because I kind of have that um, upbringing since in the household I speak Marathi. I'm a Maharashtrian, so I come from Pune, which is a city in um, Maharashtra state in India, and um, uh, it's very culturally known for singers. Like a lot of really good singers come from there. There's, it's a very cultural pop town. You know, I love it. And um, one thing is, you can go to any other country, that Indian in you kind of always stays. Like you can be far seas, and like you can probably take India away from you, but you can't take away that Indian from you. That's um, And, you know, I, I walk with India in my heart. And I feel like wherever we go, and I think you would agree with me, Pratik, on this, wherever we go, we kind of represent our country, our home country there. Like, whenever we go, people are not going to be like, oh, what state are you from? They're going to be like, oh, what country are you from? So you're like, well, originally from India, but I live in Oklahoma. So uh, every time you do get asked about it, so you're going to carry it no matter what. And uh, I kind of feel proud about it. But um, yeah, that's about me a little and um, so uh, right now I graduated college this May and um, my parents really wanted me to immediately go into law school but I told them no, I need a break because I would much rather take that break and like try to do the practice exams and get a really high score so that I can get a big scholarship to law school and much more opportunities. So I'm preparing for LSAT and uh, hopefully I'll get into law school soon and uh, that's my future aspirations I want to be an international lawyer because I do speak six languages and I feel like I could bring it to good use if I do international law and um, I love Zurich and Geneva and Switzerland that's like my dream place to live at and uh, international law kind of thrives there it's like literally the hub so I'd love to do that Um, and I'm very also passionate about immigration law because my parents I we all were immigrants when we came here and I feel like there's so much legislative changes that America, need, that we could do that uh, really kind of helps this country a little bit because uh, I feel like immigrant class is the backbone of America. Um, this whole country is made of immigrants. You know, uh, everyone came from Europe and different places. So I feel like it is built with immigrants and I feel like there's so much to do um, in that area. And except for my professional side, Um, I'm a singer at heart, and that's my first love, and possibly right now the only love I have (laughs) so far, and um, I'm very passionate about it. Um, I've been doing it for about 16 years now. Uh, I do Hindustani classical, and um, I still Skype my teacher back in India, and uh, I kind of like practice it and stuff, and uh, so far it's been really good.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, before we get started, uh, or yes. before we sort of dig deeper into some stuff, well, mm-hmm. maybe I guess this is a bit of a deep question, but uh, what was it like moving for a 12-year-old, leaving what you've only known to now moving to a completely different place? What was that like initially in terms of be it emotion, family, yes. friends, everything that comes with it? What was that like?
1: I agree. Honestly, I have to give props to my parents for that because actually... When i was in seventh grade uh it was over summer when my school was out in india we came over here as a vacation that's what i was told but um my dad later on explained when we went back to india after the vacation oh sorry when i was here for vacation my mom kind of put me for a month in school and in may month we have all the exams that go on so um during that time i was just kind of there and my mom realized that i don't really study when i get home i was i would just watch jesse and dora the explorers and some discovery channel and my mom used to bed like, don't you have homework like if you were in india right now you would have studied for five hours a day i was like well i don't have it. and right now i have a 97 in algebra so she was like why are my kids not studying and then my dad was like maybe the school system over here is a lot easier than india So um, my dad was like, okay, what do you think about America? What do we, what if we settle down here? I was like, you know what? I like it. Like I have new friends and I'm I'm a very outgoing and very extrovert person. Like it's not very hard for me to like mix and mingle in people. Like I'm in a room and 10 minutes, I probably make one connection or maybe two. And I'm like just enjoying and having blast with them. So I really love the environment here and like the freedom that I don't have to wear a uniform. Because you know, in India, I went to a CBSC school where we had uniforms. We we had to like braid our hair. If my hair right now uh, it's this short, short, but I would have had to braid it when I was in India. So it was very strict. Your nails had to be chopped, and the only time you could actually wear a western or any sort of like colorful dress was on your birthday. So I would like wait for my birthday so that I can flaunt my beautiful dress, you know. But now I don't have to worry about that being, in know, American middle school, high school or college, you know. And uh, so it has been a blessing. And then it is a big cultural shock for me because, um, you know, I came in with an Indian accent. But like when it did transform into American, it sounded more like British. And they're like, are you from there? Are you from Britain? I was like, no, actually, it's like I, I was in a, my school. We had Oxford English and so like different kind of things so it's much more different than what we find here so that kind of fascinated a lot of people about how like they found out that i know like different languages like hey what does this mean in german what does this mean in french so it was very i felt i felt very um like a star kid in the school you know so i loved special treatment a little bit and uh, came to love america slowly i built my friendship the friends i had in middle school were also in high school and then i had like these cool nerdy friends that I would I fit perfectly in and we, d- we would just have our our basic uh, hangout was like hey do you want to do math homework today and just you know do best at it like let's compete for who would get hundreds on next Latin quiz you know so like it was perfect and I kind of missed those days. and then college hit and college was a t- totally different world because I feel like when people watch the podcast they would think that you know uh, college in America would also be easier the way Indian the way like um middle school or high school are but honestly I will say college life is much more harder like it really hits you and you're like oh wow what happened you know um it I can't I can't speak about my experience as a Indian college kid because I never attended college in India but uh, I would say that it college anywhere is you know very tough to graduate and stuff um I had to take intercessions and like literally study for like five to six hours a day just to get my assignments through and then do extra studies to get through the exam but um, yeah that has been the backstory behind how I got here and I must say that initially it was very hard to keep up my talents going because uh, when you move countries you definitely lose a lot but also you gain something else as well my life in India was um, very culturally and artistically involved I was a national player in uh, speed skating, and I represented my state of Maharashtra for it. I went to uh, during the time when I was coming here. Actually, I was already a national player for a year, um, uh, but I couldn't compete anymore because I live here. So then I had to just continue speed skating as a as a uh, like recreational sport. But then I realized that something I need to hold on to my culture because I felt like my culture was going away, and the more my mom saw me hang out with my American friends, she was like, I need to get my daughter Indian friends, because we don't, in Oklahoma, we don't have a lot of Indian uh youngsters out here, so she was kind of stressed about that too, but then I felt like my mom really encouraged me to continue doing my mus- uh, Indian classical music, and I Skyped my teacher every Saturday, Sunday, and used to do that, and uh, talking to family kept my language going, so I kind of found, like, ways to kind of connect back to the culture and then we also celebrate all festivals like I know this Wednesday we have Diwali coming up and we're going to be celebrating that and then we also do Ganesh festival so like there's always an India here you know so now it's been eight years that I'm here so it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel bad but initially it was very hard like I would be like you know right now I would have been playing badminton with my friends um Indian, Indian society is just different it's like you just knock the door your friends are there it's like hey you want to go play badminton it's like yeah let's go you know over here it's like you have to make phone calls you have to see if they're available you have to see if the household is there you gotta have someone to babysit to you to, <laughs> to play that you know as a kid but in India it's like everyone around you you can just trust them and just like play there's like people like you know it's just a lot of things but yeah like uh I certainly like my life here and um you know, it's just, like, keep growing with it.
0: That was right, pretty deep.
1: Right.
0: Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You're <laughs> good. You're good. I appreciate the fact that you went that deep. Because I think a lot of the times in sort of, like, the... You sort of tend to lose this stuff that happens, like, be it within you or around you. When, like, big changes like that tend to happen. Because you're very much focused on adjusting rather than... You know, like sort of bringing yourself as you were from a different place. I guess okay. as a difference in terms of how you could lead life when you move to a different place. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get I like also another thing that I found really interesting about what you said of like that transition from school to college of the levels of like toughness, if you will, for the lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, it did seem to get quite hard in college uh, in comparison to school. Um, Since you've studied in India already, um, or for a part of your life, I should say, would you say that the Indian education system is very much tougher on you as a child in comparison to the education system over here?
1: Yes, I would completely say that it is very tough because, you know, I would like to highlight two things in um, the Indian society. One is, uh, and I feel like every society as well, like one thing is that you have your personal hard work, how much you can put in, you know, uh, if I'm not good at something, I'm just going to keep practicing and I'm going to get better at it. And then and then afterwards, I'm just going to give my best. And that's something you have in your own hands. Your hard work is in your own hands. But then there's also another factor, which I feel like American society does not really have it, but Indian society does. Um, It is also like, I have heard and I have cousins and, um, you know, I would have been in that process if I was not going to be here in America. If I was in India right now, I bet I would have struggled with this. Um, In Indian colleges, uh, you have to either uh, be in the 90, like above 90 percentile, either have connections really strong or be like in 95th and above percentile to gain a seat in a medical college or... Uh, engineering whatsoever, and um, I don't know if you know about this, but in India, uh, like a year back or something, I mean, it honestly is a lot, there is just so many, um, there's like very few opportunities for engineers now, like there is always companies in there, but they kind of like were not hiring a lot of engineers, because there's just so many of them now, Um, so it's like, you know, if you have so many people studying in one area of course there's going to be shortage in the other so it's going to be like unbalanced you know the economic um the economy fails in that situation and i literally saw like these whatsapp kind of you know tweets and kind of like videos going on that said that um that this engineer he was making more than a a beginning engineer uh, engineering person he kind of had a food stall and people just came and ate food and he actually made like thirty five thousand rupees just by you know Making food, And that was much more than what an Indian engineer made. I mean, I might be wrong in terms of numbers, but the point is that people are truly having these side businesses as their main focus. And uh, he literally put his engineering degree on the wall and put a garland on it to be like, you know what, you're no use of me. So it, it's sad to see that. But then that's one thing, you know, in India, it's much more tougher. And, you know, I give props to all my cousins and everyone was a student in college in India, because I do realize how tough tough it is. Um, I think I'm extremely privileged um, that I'm here in an American system because colleges are never gonna run out of, you know, seats or places. You would always, if you can't get into your favorite college, if not Harvard, I can at least get into Stanford or Yale or Pennsylvania or whatsoever. You know, there's like so many options here. You would always end up going somewhere. You know, there's always an option. If you don't want to go to college, you have low tech and like different kind of opportunities. Like you just never run out of and you don't always have to have connections to get there. And uh, sometimes you, you just have to be, you just have to like sell yourself in terms of talking while um, you're having an interview. Just, you know, the fact that you're on time, the fact that you're speaking to them, the fact that you're interested in the project and expressing why you're interested and know the why question. That's all they need. And there's always uh, those opportunities available, you know, so you're never going to run out of that position. So uh, things in America, like it's land of opportunity. And that's why we attract a lot of people from different countries. So I feel very blessed to be here. You know, so that's one big difference, because I I, am privileged to understand like how, you know, when I was in Indian school, we would study for six, seven hours. And I remember my dad would make these question paper of like math problems that lasted for three to five hours for a fifth grader. Okay. I was in fifth grade and I still remember that my dad made like a three hour paper for me and my hands used to get bruised. I'm not joking. It used to get bruised while writing and like just doing it. And I was like, you know what? I need a break. My dad's like, you have an example. For it. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. I mean, I still made a good grade. Like, I mean, my dad's an engineer and I'm pretty good at math, but it was like you can easily go into engineering. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to be the. I don't want to be recognized for my dad's and I want to be recognized with my own identity. And either ways, I am very passionate about debate, and uh, that's something I actually um, did starting high school, and I was very passionate about it. That's why I was kind of like deciding to go in law. But then I was like, you know what? Parents are not going to be happy listening to me going to law because I also attended Francis Tuttle Bioscience and Medicine Academy in high school and it was a medical kind of biomed Academy and I was doing really great. So my parents really thought that maybe she wants to go in medicine. So they hyped me up for it. But then then I told them the first year I entered college, the first semester I, I was like, I don't think it's going to work for me. Like I am, so, I'm t- it's not the grades. It's like I was turning into an introvert. And that's why I say that college is tough because you have to make choices the colleges are taking money from you you never know like the bank is just racking up you know and as I say like I'm I'm privileged that my parents paid for my college fees but then it was still like you know it's like it's always going up and you have to like make a decision about it and so the first semester I was there I was like you know what I want to do I want to go into law So that was a better option for me and I'm glad I I made that decision immediately at first they were not really okay with it but then they realized like yeah she's sticking with that so it worked in my favor but yeah like it was uh, it has been a good experience as I say it has been like ups and downs and stuff you're like well all you have to do is just kind of go for it because you can't just run away from the problems you have to like fix it and I'm gonna say like I'm not like a perfect A student yeah I had like few B's and stuff but then it it was a good experience and you know like my internship experiences internships are something I don't think in dean system really Stresses on a lot, which I feel like in America, we also give work experience and what you have done outside of just studying we Holistically the applications are seen by Under like, you know graduate programs and such which is pretty great and I like the fact that they just don't look at a student who has all A's They also look at like, okay, what did you do in your spare time? Did you have a part-time job? Tell me about your job, you know, so it's pretty cool. I like it i like the change
0: (laughs) for sure i mean there's a lot to unpack there but for starters what i will say for some of you who might not be aware who's listening and watching um in terms of going to college in india um not to say that you can't get into a college Mm -hmm. but if you want to get into like the best colleges you have to sort of take these entrance exams there's like a common entrance exam uh, there's a separate exam that students tend to take for medical, which is called NEET. It used to be called MPT before. So there's a lot of those sort of things that, um, one might think tend to weed out the, for the lack of a better word, not so great kids in terms of education or not education, but they in, in terms of their level of knowledge, if you will, from coming out of school. Um, but at the same time it's very easy to sort of weed out the ones that actually critically think or bring in these other facets of um, knowledge and experience that a person would need when they go and start their career. So that's, I guess, one of the drawbacks of this sort of system setup. Mm -hmm. But um, I do feel that people are opening up a little more to the sort of opportunities that are available outside and -hmm. not just focused on engineering and medicine because another interesting thing that you mentioned which i think is sort of known at the moment at least in india is -hmm. that there's a saturation of engineers to an extent where like you said engineers are having to like put up food stalls or like do something else Mm to survive because that's the amount of engineers we had and i think some of that is also probably just a result of like that generational Mm -hmm. sort of passing down of information to where oh engineers tend to make a lot of money And I understand, I get where they're coming from, like our parents especially, Mm because, you know, they've seen the world run or the world work best for people who've made the most money. And at that point in time, the people who've made the most money, unfortunately, are for, I guess it's not the right word to use that, but engineers made a lot of money and they wanted the best for their children at the end of the day. That's something that I understand every parent wants um when you look at it from the perspective of Indian culture so a lot of the times is that I guess pressure is not as much of a problem now than it used to be before but it's still there to where oh become an engineer you know you'll make some money you can then do an MBA and then maybe go abroad and do this and do that you know so a lot of those things sort of cook up to where people try to become engineers but yeah go ahead you want right. to add so, something to
1: yeah that? actually I do um the funny part is like you know I understand like I, I totally agree with you on that point that yes like you know it's like uh Indian parents have had like a lot of different kind of ideas and kind of dreams for the kids like I know that when my dad got his like college done and stuff that time computer engineering was a new field like they didn't have a lot of engineers so my dad he got a master's in I think, uh, yeah, computer science. He got a master's in computer science. And that time he was actually married to my mom. He married at 25. And my mom was like, you know what? You, you go ahead and do finish your degree. So when I was born, he was actually doing his master's. And he finished it quick. And uh, he became a computer engineer. And immediately he got a, like, it opened up a new spectrum of jobs for him. And who really wanted him. So he, you know, of course, there you bargain. And you're like, okay, you know what? You want me? Okay that's like you know you have so many positions open for you so the thing is that that time it was not really like a bustling field like they were they they wanted computer science engineers there was a scarcity of it so they just kind of like went in and that's why my dad was able to like rise up and kind of like the positions and stuff which is pretty good but then now the situations have turned like just in 20 years it has been such an oversaturation of things, which is really sad to hear because I feel like engineers are also pretty big backbone of our society. And uh, going off to your point, um, in India, it's also like, you know what, it's an easy way to like go out of country, get the experience, get a better paying job and like help the family, you know. Uh, so in, even in India now, like they do stress that, oh, I want to make myself an engineer because it's it's easier, it's time consuming. After college, you just have to do, if you want, you can do MBA and then work part-time. There's just so many options. And the same thing with doctors, too. Like, uh, doctors in India earn a lot, uh, too. But then I just don't like the fact that any other career after that, like, a school teacher or something is not as well respected, while they're the ones who actually make engineers and doctors and everyone. You know, like, if someone says, I'm going to start being a professor, everyone's going to be like, well, what about your finances? Like, you know, it's going to hurt you a lot, you know, those kind of things. There's a stereotype in that, but you know, surprisingly, in America too. Like my parents also are that, that X generation from India, right? So they they thought the same for me when I was a kid. They would like tell my family members like, of course we're gonna make her an engineer. When I came here, like they kind of realized they were like, oh, so you wanna go into medicine? I was like, at first I was like, well, I'm not sure yet, but yeah, you can you can take that, yes. And then when I actually you, like you I was like, no, Dad, I'm gonna be a lawyer. But so Dad was like, are you crazy? Like no one in our family is a lawyer. We don't even know what's going on. You have to get clients. How are you going to get your clients? And that stressed me out. And then I was I kind of researched more. I took more interest in the career path that I want to go in. And I was like, no, I'll be fine, you know. And the funny part is in, Amer- in an American society, lawyers are like looked up as engineers, like, you know, kind of a thing in like the way with India, like it's one of the most legal career is one of the most respected here in America. And then after that it comes doctors and engineers and so on. So like over here it's like engineering, like law or like be a doctor kind of a thing. But but the but then still like there's still a stereotype of these kind of jobs. Like my mom I still remember her talking about this, like um she kinda reminds us like every other week or something. She used to be like If you would have been an engineer by now, we would have, you would have done MBA in two years and I would have, your dad would have hooked you up with, hooked you up with like a a proper job, a well-paying job because um, like he has a lot of experience in this. He has made like 14 engineers in his own family, like in our family, he guided 14 engineers, which are his cousins and my cousins and stuff. So that's why my mom was like, you know what, your dad is like, he would have guided you, you would have been an engineer by now. I would have got married and off the hook and stuff. I don't know why, but, like, I think when you hit the 22, your mom, like, starts stressing about your marriage and things like that. I'm like, oh, God, and like, I want to travel the whole world and you're here thinking about my marriage. And like, it's crazy. But, um, you know, it's just parents getting worried about you. So, um, but I convinced my mom, like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Don't, don't worry about my marriage or anything. Just let me be. And uh, she's understanding it now, but that topic still comes out and it's kind of really funny to tackle. But um, yeah, it's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because another thing, another interesting thing that you mentioned was that lawyers are quite well regarded over here. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the way that society is structured here. Because, um, you know, society is slightly structured a little differently back home, whereas it is structured differently over here. And it's like, I guess that's the way it is everywhere. Like, you know, um, things are structured differently, that support different. Well, they support everything, I would say, now in like the newer age, if you will. But back in the day, maybe they made some things a little more suitable than others. Because mm-hmm. um, also like to sort of bounce off of what you said, It's now at least you have people taking different approaches to making more money or, you know, to sort of finding a way to make money from their passions, be it through becoming a dance choreographer or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, like people find a way to generate income out of the things that they love to do. And I think society today has sort of facilitated that in many ways. Which is great, you know, because that way, hopefully, um, you know, you have less unhappy people and or people who are unhappy with their jobs, and so on. But uh, I guess that's a topic for a different discussion, because I think um,
1: (laughs) it's a whole. It's it's very like yeah,
0: exactly yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a can of worms in its own way, for sure. Uh, but to sort of bounce off of another thing that you said, mm-hmm. your parents initially wanted you to become an engineer and then they were mm-hmm. open to you becoming, a, like going into the medical field, but then you mm-hmm. had to sort of open them up to the idea that, look, I want to pursue a career in this, which was law. Did you at every point feel, and this is like in no way sort of saying that your parents didn't support you, but did yeah. you at ever any point feel like, you know, the family might not be, happy with what you're doing and to sort of bounce off of that again do you think that eventually at the end of the day they would have come around in this hypothetical situation of course yeah um they would come around because they're seeing you living a life that's making you happy
1: yeah actually yes there was a whole three to four month period where um I was still at OU and I was studying and um the COVID happened, so I moved back home, and seeing me really, and that time, I had uh, moved my whole career path from, um, like, I was still a psychology kind of uh, focused major, but then I moved to UCO, and I pursued that, and then I went forward, and, you know, my dad really realized that he was like, you know what, she is doing good, like, I mean, he saw me uh because i used to judge uh, national debate rounds and like state rounds So i mean he was like maybe she is really passionate about this maybe she is very serious about it he saw me like uh, going that way and then like also my grades kind of spoke for them um he had never had issue with that but then he realized that maybe you know what maybe that is the right choice so he reminded me he was like you know what what do we do we would support you but um just remember like whatever choice you make it's uh those something that you actually want to do and um I must give props to my parents you know the thing is that um I know there's a lot of Indian parents actually who kind of sadly like kind of force their kids to be, go in a certain career path which they're not really passionate about so they're like pretty much groomed since childhood I'm not saying I was groomed I was not really but I but like if someone asked my dad like hey what is your daughter going to do he, he would naturally give like engineering you know kind of thing as a kid and then when I came here like he was proudly saying I'm going to be a doctor to like (laughs) everyone in the Indian society and then when I said no actually I want to be a lawyer so like now, now he's like he's open to like getting that in but another thing is that I was also struggling with like you know um one kind of gray area being an Indian American is that um your parents might not always agree with you, so my dad, my mom always told me, that you know what, since you're gonna be your own thing, why don't you get your own job, and I was like, actually, you know what, that might give me peace of mind, and maybe, like, I can help with some of my college finances and stuff, I don't want my dad to be paying, so I became a behavior therapist, so I work with kids who have any sort of behavior problems, it's not like they're crazy or, like, they have aggression or things, no, um, I'm basically working with uh, getting my students to kind of um, work with their problems. Like I have a student who is not really great with. Um, he does not like to color out of out of that picture. If that goes, he totally melts down. He shuts down completely. He can't do anything else. He can't even pick up his pen. So I kind of help him through that. It's like uh, the way how occupational therapists do their job. It's uh, it's like that, but in terms of managing their problems talking it through it is like a therapy kind of session so i got trained for that it was uh, an intensive kind of training and um, i got licensed for that and i started working as a behavioral therapist and uh since since about a year and a half now and i got my first job had a really decent salary of like twenty dollars which is not too crazy but it was enough for me to pay uh, my college bills and uh, i just you know my dad was like oh you're making a good amount of money good okay well uh like why don't like you know he was kind of like you know you could pay your own college bills. I was like you know I have no problem with it and I I kind of he didn't he didn't really say that I went to him I was like I want to pay my own college bills. I don't want to make you pay it because I kind of like when it comes to career point I'm a little I'm not saying I'm selfish but I want to kind of earn it on my own terms because I don't want anyone else to like kind of take credit for that i mean yeah i would happily give the credit to my parents for like getting here and stuff but like i want to earn it by myself so i have something to hold on to like yes i kind of did it you know like parents always support you yes like i have seen so many of my cousins whose, whose parents pay for their college tuition but i feel like when i started working and um my days used to be very busy like once i got out of my classes at UCU i would go and go directly into work and then I come home and I studied my days were busy I didn't even have time to hang out with my friends or anything but I still made time to like call them plus it was COVID so you know but it gave my life a routine and it made me feel more responsible and uh, I kind of felt good about proving it to my mother my mom is a total she is very very strict so I kind of like the fact that how I kind of I took it as a challenge and i kind of like kind of proved her wrong and she liked the change in me she was like you know what i like how you're paying for yourself and stuff and it was very happy for me that i could proudly tell my friends like here guess what i'm paying my own college bills i feel great you guys you know it's it's like it's the best thing ever and even now um i paid the last two years of my college and uh so i felt really you know i felt like i achieved my degree in the right terms So you know uh, the sense of being an independent at this young age I mean I I don't necessarily think I feel like once everyone crosses their 20s I feel like you need to start being an adult but in the true sense of being an adult I feel like I'm completely kind of like at most a little bit independent than I see my normal friends and colleagues being because I have friends whose parents pay for them and there's nothing wrong with it. My parents offered me uh, to pay for like my college tuition but I, I chose not to because I have the money what am I going to do with it plus it gave me a direction and I kind of get that pleasure of earning your own degree so yeah um I don't know what was the question but I, <laughs> I think I just went in
0: no you're good you're good you're good it's totally fine it's totally fine it was about like happiness and like sort of your parents understanding that you'd be happy with what you were doing but yeah. you sort of answered that initially so that's totally fine right. um <laughs> What I was going to hit on, like, or, like, sort of expand on it a little further, mm-hmm. was something you said towards the end about being independent in the way that you were able to make money for yourself to go to college and right. pay for it in the sort of sense of achievement and pride that it gave you was something that, like, helped you or sort of motivated you in many ways. Um, now, because we're Indian, like, of Indian heritage, I feel like there is... Different dynamic in terms of how American college students end up pursuing their lives versus how an Indian college student would pursue their lives. Because, yeah. say, for example, in India, and again, in no way, before I start expanding on this, in no way is this sort of a way to like what's the word I'm looking
1: for not trying to belittle yeah I'm not trying to
0: belittle any of the sort of ways of life yeah it is just sort of a conversation point in the sense Mm -hmm. that in India a lot of people our age are probably still going to college living with their parents and they're getting that family support that Mm -hmm. I personally believe that we still need at this age because I think we're still sort of impressionable as 20 years old or 20 year mm-hmm. olds or like in that range of early 20s versus late 20s. So whereas over here, it's the complete opposite. You know, at right. the age of 18, kids are out of their house. Yes. They're mm-hmm. living on their own, living in dorms, making money for themselves yes. or, you know, paying for their college fees and all that sort of stuff. So you get to see both extremes having mm-hmm. lived in both parts of the world, mm-hmm. but I just want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, you briefly sort of touched on it, but we can maybe expand it on, expand it on, yeah. expand, excuse me, expand on a little more right. words. <laughs> what I yeah, was going to no. say was, okay. it's sort of like a combination of the two that I feel like works best. Because if you're in yeah. one extreme, let's say the Indian extreme, you probably don't necessarily learn a sense okay. of independence and like yeah. self dependence quickly. Yeah. Whereas over here, it's sort of like you're left in the dark and you have nobody, nobody to help you out. Yeah. So I feel like there's that balance, or maybe not an exact balance, but like a combination that's needed. So what is your thought on that?
1: Honestly, I, actually, that's a great question, Pratik. You know, I feel like, um, you know, for example, in India, right, uh, everything, I feel like it's tied back to the economy, and how the country's really doing, because an in Indian economy, it's it's so hard, like you have to. And I completely agree with you. If I was in India right now, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be paying my fees. My dad would be paying it, um, and it it is just how expensive it is. Like I remember over here in America, our middle schools and high schools are free, so your know, parents would get, like the time to like kind of like get the finances together. And then college is where like the big, uh, you know, piggy bank just kind of like gets <laughs> gets the money out. But uh, it's like. Yes, it's a complete different. It's like over here in America, we have affordable tuition fees. Okay, if you can't go to Harvard and have like seventy k a year to like pay, if you're not a millionaire, you can't you can't pay that. You have other options. You have affordable tuition. You have public schools. There's scholarships available for people who do great on their um, what is it, SAT and ACTs and stuff. So there is always. Even though you're a rich kid or you're poor, but you if you make that time to have a good score on SAT and ACT, you will get the scholarship. Um, I had about eight thousand dollars of scholarship because of my scores, and um, and that had been a blessing was that my dad ha- didn't have to pay international tuition fees being an OU because when I was at OU, I was technically considered in-state, but I was also considered international, in-state only because I graduated from a from a. American Oklahoma high school so I was eligible for in-state tuition which UCO or any other colleges did not have that kind of privilege I had to file a petition for that to OU and I got it I was lucky and the scholarship always came in handy which was great Um, but I I do call myself a little bit lucky so I completely agree with it there's like two different situations in this but you know also there is another kind of like funny part to it it's like Yes, there are parents who are always there to help you, but you know, it's like, it's so easy to get a loan over here in America. It's it's so much easier. I literally see my friends in India now applying to getting MBAs in America and they're taking the big leap. They're like, you know what? I know that I have to take a loan of like, let's say 30 lakhs or maybe one crore who knows for four years. But I literally had a friend who came a month back and he visited me and my like family and we're having a dinner and we talked about it. I was like, you know what? You're 20 years old and you're here all by yourself. You have not been to India for three years now. How do you manage it? He was like, you know what? I I took a loan after 12th grade. I took a year gap and I did uh, the SAT for entrance exam and TOEFL, TOEFL whatever that is called the entrance exam. He came over here and his he has a twin brother and um, yeah, they both came over here and they t- they got a loan for themselves and and he knows like he knows the reality that once he gets a job here after after doing college, he can pay that loan off in maybe one or two years max or maybe even four. But it's manageable. In India you would literally it would be expensive because even after you did so much hard work in college and you get a job, it might not be enough to pay you really good money. Like it will take you years to like kind of pay the debt off. But here there are options. And um over here too, like I have like a lot of people who pay their debt off for like years. But if you plan it well, it's always possible, you know. Which I feel like um, it's like it's great to have it. So things over here are like it's not like a dream world. It's not like unreachable. You can always reach it. I'm not saying India is any less, but the situation in India is a little different. There's a lot of competition. There is uh, just a lot of waiting to um, the resources not might not be enough for students. So yeah, like um, I hope that answers your question there. <laughs>
0: No, it does. It does. It definitely does. And what I wanted to add was that mm-hmm. I do feel like there is something about still sort of having that contact or being able to have that contact with family-enclosed and ones, or excuse mm-hmm. me, closed ones rather, mm-hmm. when you're sort of, you know, studying in India. Because mm-hmm. I do think that you need that a lot. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, I've been a loner <laughs> over here. I've had a lot of friends. I've met a lot of people too, but you do have those moments where you're like, you feel alone even though you're not alone. Yes, I sort of yes. mentioned this randomly in a newsletter that I wrote. Um, but yeah, for those of you who haven't, who don't know about that, sort of a slight side plug. Um, I do write newsletters and releases every week. So I'll link those in the description if you want to check that out. But anyway, um, it, it is sort of that dynamic which... <clears throat> Of course, you can't always sort of make everything work. That's just unfortunately not how life is. But then at the same time, you sort of learn lessons out of it. It sort of teaches you a lot of things in terms of being able to live alone or sort of adapting if you're living with the people uh, or living with people. Excuse me. Um, So there's definitely a lot of dynamics that go into play um, in terms of you sort of taking that next step. Uh, Speaking of which, you're sort of taking an off year right now to sort of work on um, the entrance exams to be able to cool. go to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, Was there, well, okay, I guess maybe you could answer either way. Uh, yeah. was, was it like a singular moment that made you go, oh, that's what I want to do? Or was it like a build up of a few things that made you sort of feel, okay, I actually think that I have more of a career in law than I do in medicine or in engineering. So yes. what was that like was it just like a breaking point or not a breaking point but like an inflection point or was it like a stuff There was of
1: stuff? there was a um a quick one actually there was this one instant that it really happened um, when i was still in my medical program and uh, there is they were hosting um, state debates like uh, the um, yeah so like whoever qualified for state they would go to nationals so uh, I had my I, I got a call from my coach from high school. He was like, hey, Riddy, like, I know uh, it's been a while, but I wanted to reach out to you. We need judges to judge the state debate round. Um, Would you be available? It's actually on the weekends and I hope that you could make some time for it. And I answered his call and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm so excited. I'm, I'm glad you called because I was trying to see if I could have something because. At that point, you know, I was in my first year, my second semester, and then having your chemistry and biology class and biochemistry and stuff, it made me very much an introvert. I couldn't go hang out with my friends because I have a lab report due. And honestly, if there's anyone in medical, uh, in medical field right now or like pre-med, I would say, at least for me, it is hard to do um, five credit chemistry class with a lab and a biology class with a lab in the same kind of week you know so like it it was a little bit tough on me but I still managed to get A's and stuff which is great but um, I felt very much an introvert and I was trying to find better ways to kind of keep myself engaged and be more social too because I wanted to keep my sanity I can't just be in my room and just my own thoughts to myself you know and uh, um, so I kind of you know this debate round just kind of came as a like a blessing over the weekend, I was there judging debate rounds, and I've met a couple of my, uh, we have family friends over here, and their kids probably, like, right now, one just about started college, he's about my sister's age, like, four years younger than me, so he recognized me, he was like, hey, how are you, like, are you here to judge rounds, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, it's good to see you, and he made me, like, you know, he was kind of asking me about, like, some tips to, like, for debate and stuff, and that made me think that, you know, um, this was the hidden key that I was really missing, like debate right here. Like when I was in high school, I would go for debate rounds that lasted till 1 a.m. I would do district and state and then I went to nationals twice. And I was like, I was so passionate about it. When I entered college, it, it just happened that I forgot about it. That day, those three days that I was judging debate rounds, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, made me realize how much I missed it. That was my break plan when I was like, you know what? Law is the career I want because there's moot court in it. Um, I understand, you know, uh, a lot of those kind of things, and I, I and it's nothing against illegal, like you know, I, I feel like if I wouldn't have had that click or if that opportunity had not presented itself to me, right now I would possibly be doing MCAT or possibly be in medical school right now. But I'm glad that happened. You know, that one thing that changes in life and. I like when I'm really passionate about something I like to like go for it I'm like I'm like a go getter like I'm a Sagittarius (laughs) so like it's like when you like look for something and you're like I really want to do it so I will do it but at that time I'm glad I was not deeply in love I was just kind of testing the waters and that's what I really think Mm -hmm. is very important to do in college at least for the first year you have to like see what careers would work for you and that was the best thing for me, and I feel like I'm glad I made the decision in my first year, Then way later, because I did have a friend who was actually doing uh, plant biology, and I was like, I was like, he's like, I knew him from high school. He was my senior. I was uh, I was the freshman. I was like, um, when are you graduating? He was like, well, I don't know when. I was like, how how, how is that working? He was like, you know, already I did biology, and then in my junior year, I I realized that this is not He went into depression he realized that's not the thing for him he decided he really wanted to do plant biology so he later on turned that in and then he had to like do one and a half years more extra so he was like at least you know that time I had changed my total route into doing you know pre-law so um, he was like you know what I'm glad you made the decision now because at least you're saving a lot of your parents money on it and I was like oh no (laughs) that's great but on a side note I would also like to mention that you know the the one thing I really like is and I mean I don't know if a lot of people get this experience but like when you're like when your parents are actually like at least in my case I can speak for myself when my dad was paying the fees he would look at my grades he would look at my emails and be like is there any important grade emails and stuff like I don't know why he took access to my email like he had the app on his phone he was like hey look your grade is at 88 today like is it going to go up or what's up I was like did you not turn in this assignment it looks like a zero right now I was like dad the teacher has not posted the grade just chill everything is fine so you know it's like a lot of micromanagement on my dad's part I mean I don't have a lot of independence with this but mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that was uh, in my household and I was like dad just take a chill pill and I was kind of like really bothered by that that Every time I, I take a test, I was like, I hope I make an A because if I make a if I make a C or a low B, of course that's not going to be happy. It's going to drop my grade down. So that stress kind of built up. But I tell you what, when I um when COVID started and I came to UCO or like when I was even at OU that last semester, when I started paying my own fees, I don't know what my Madatha, but like he would. He would ask me like how is it going and stuff like he won't be micromanaging me because he knew that if i'm paying for college i'm taking my own responsibility and i'm gonna give my best and i'm gonna try my best so he didn't really ask me a lot of questions regarding my academics he was like you know what you know what's best for you or maybe i was on a trial period the first two years and he was like you know what now you know what what you're doing so go for it but that kind of helped me a lot because then i felt a little bit of freedom which I completely enjoyed. So when you are paying for your own thing, it's like the pressure is on you and like you know that you have to do or die right there, you know, but I really definitely did enjoy that on a side note. So yeah. yeah, that's a privilege.
0: Definitely. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, um, it's that topic of responsibility is very sort of, not to say that people don't talk about it, but I think it's something that Indian parents sort of indirectly Pass make you think it. about. <laughs> it's sort of like that you think about a lot uh, in terms of, oh, okay, like, if I do this, like, you know, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to be in trouble? Or it's, it's very, it's, again, it's another sort of can of worms in terms of like, Indian culture and the concept yeah. of responsibility but to sort of keep it uh, keep the conversation rolling in terms of like law and uh, you sort of uh, the choice that you've made before you mm-hmm. sort of go into that though uh, maybe this is a bit of a side note but um mm-hmm. I my personal belief or well, at least okay well before I sort of expand on that I do believe that there's a difference between having a debate versus having a discussion, Um, in the sort of social media space. If you will, Mm -hmm. I think debates have sort of gotten this negative. At least this again, this is just my opinion, but I do feel like debates have a bit of a negative. addition to them because of yeah. the way that they seem quite competitive about the side that they're yes. arguing about whereas a discussion for more for more or less is more like a open space to where you can talk about different things and even if you don't meet a happy medium you sort of share the different perspectives that you have to share that's right so what is your sort of thought on that in terms of the way debate is sort of viewed or is de- according to you, first question is debate yeah. viewed uh negatively today? If yes, why do you think that is? And second of all, what's your sort of thought in terms of debate versus discussion?
1: Right. Yes, I completely do agree with you that debate is perceived to be one of like argumentative sides. Like whenever we say, "Oh, I do debate," they're like, "Oh, so you argue," and then you're gonna make everyone like uh, believe you and you're gonna try until the end and to be honest it's really not it is um giving your opinion but with evidences so uh, a lot of you know it's like people preach but do they really know a lot about that field you know like as a debater and a continuing one um, i know that when we went to debate rounds we have pros and cons we prepare for both cases we prepare for the questions that might strike us and like our opponent we have to like think and I think that's one quality in me that I have really gained it through debate is think about what your opponent might ask you in that situation and stuff which has also helped me in real life because then if I say something I have to also be careful like like would my whatever I say would that hurt other person like if I was in his shoes how would he feel so you know uh, try not to like hurt people's feelings because in this world especially when there is um, a mixture of culture and a lot of polyglot around you you have to be careful of what you say some cultures might not accept uh, you know uh, some things you say so you have to understand from their perspective how would they feel if you were in their situation how would you feel if you were in their situation so that kind of forced me to kind of like learn that skill Um, and going back to uh, the debate it's like you have to have both sides ready you have to have the questions ready kind of guess what might your opponent strike you back on that and have an answer ready for that. And in debate, surprisingly, it's not about win or lose. It's more about who presented the point more clear. Like if you see some Indian movies or, or any sort of like a debate round or like um, you would see that or, or like a court, you know, in court system, it's not always that, it's not always that someone who is actually guilty will be proven guilty. It's the lawyer's job to present the best argument he can, whichever is convincible to the jury and the court. And yes, like, our evidences do matter, but then it's the lawyer's job to try to find that leeway and see. I mean, it's pretty sad, but, like, um, it's it's always possible to, like, lose a kind of, you know, uh lose a case just because you were not well prepared or uh, your uh, case was not very approachable or it was not very well perceived by the court you know so it's the same thing with debate it's like you present the best argument you present it very effectively that the judges uh, you give them the points that they really need and so that the judges whoever is judging around gets to be like you know what that was right like yes this argument like there's been many times I feel like Personally, I do really good in negative cases. Like there is an affirmative and there's a negative case in debate. I do great in the negative cases because I feel like I'm very much well prepared to defend. As a negative, uh, as a negative, um, like uh, case reader, I have to attack, but at the same time, I have to always keep defending the pro side too. So, how many points am I able to convince my judges to? Like how many points am I supposed to get out? Like, you know, uh, if I make 10, 11, uh, like, counter arguments, how many points am I, like, giving it to them within the time frame, that earns me points and that's how I win it. So it's very, like, mathematically calculated. But if, the, if my opponent does not really have a lot of points to attack me, or if I give answers to all his points and there's nothing else to kind of go against, you know, then in that sense, I have counter-attacked him on all his questions he had towards me. And I will win the case. So it's not always about we're arguing. It's more about being technically accurate, like answering all the questions, not giving your opinions, but giving your point with evidences. That's what makes difference, you know? So it's very calculated and very, I would say it's pretty much like reading a script, but also using... Uh, like but also being realizing when to say something at the right time if my opponent is saying attacking me on one point but I say I answer him or I ignore his his counter-attack of course that's going to make me lose points because he at the end he's going to use that against me and be like you know what my opponent never answered this question of mine so it looks like clearly I urge the judges to vote for affirmative you know for the pro side or whatsoever so it's like it's just about how and where and what you do and how you present a case with confidence and you know it, it really helps you with public speaking and uh, like uh, to have really strong opinions and you know the basic thing is when you're really focusing and you're getting information to build a case you are building up your skill to uh finding the truth like not trying to get through the fake news but take that filter away and know both the sides like what's going on here so it does better in doing research um like you know it's also I feel like that debate has really helped me to go through college a lot because I I knew how to like surf and how to get things right you know public speaking gets good confidence right there it has helped a lot so I, I and my mom honestly she thinks I argue in debate I really don't (laughs) <laughs> she always thinks whenever we have a conversation she's like, are you arguing with me i should have never sent you to debate i should have never like let you go on those debate rounds because you keep arguing I'm like oh my gosh like not again mom like it's cool you know so there's like a lot of different perspectives, but i feel like once you're in there and you actually do it like i feel like a lot of other people like my school friends and like a lot of my family friends who are also indian they they think that i, I do a great job and they they're like you know what you debate? You're great, wow, okay, you're pretty smart, you know, but then flip switch, you're home and my mom's like, no, don't do it, no. So it's like, it's very respected in some cultures and some it's like, I don't like it, It's I'm scared of it because maybe, maybe they can't really present it or they think that we're going to be adamant about it, but it's really not. You just, you have to do it to know it, basically.
0: Totally, totally. I get where you're coming from, because even in like some of my forensic science classes, I remember some of uh, some of our professors saying that when you were to, if you were to go and present a case, or not present a case, excuse me, but if you were to ask to expand on some evidence material, you have to distance your own personal beliefs and feelings yes. from your findings and sort of present that, and then leave the judgment, for the lack of a better word,
1: mm-hmm. to those
0: who have to decide. Your job is to sort of put, put the argument Absolutely. out there. Yes. Uh, to the best of your ability and sort of separate yourself and your beliefs from the argument that you put out. Because I agree. At the end of the day, you're not here to sort of contest whose belief is best, but you're mm-hmm. just sort of making an argument for a certain My case, case, whatever yeah. that may be.
1: And I completely right. agree with right. you. It's not the person, it's actually the case who's technically winning it. Because mm-hmm. all we're doing is we're just conveying the point that that the case and the agenda is trying to set for it, you know. So it's never a win or lose for the person. It's win or lose for how strongly you presented it. So it's always the case.
0: Right. Speaking of which, I do feel like a lot of the days, or excuse me, nowadays, a lot of the times, I'm getting my words jumbled up for some reason. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) nowadays, a lot of the times, in like at least the public space, Debates have become a lot about that added sort of touch of feelings and people getting offended and all that sort of stuff. Now, Mm -hmm. sure, I mean, I don't know about every debate that's happening in the public space and the reasoning for people being Mm -hmm. offended, you know, because there's different nuances associated with those too. But in your personal opinion, if you're willing to sort of go into a bit of a rabbit hole for a few minutes before we sort of expand on your future aspirations... Mm-hmm. What do you think is a badly fought debate in the public space today?
1: Badly fought, huh? Hmm. That's a very tricky question, honestly. I feel like um, okay, I'm not trying to go farther, but I try to keep myself away from a lot of social media if you see with my Instagram and stuff it's pretty much dead like I'm there and I'll, I'll see my friends post I'll like it I'll send them messages but I wouldn't get too much into it um but I do see a lot of hype about um talking about India because you know we're Indian so posting like that I feel like a lot of the public eyes are on um politics um oh you don't agree with my standpoint so I guess that's going to be tough for us. Like, honestly, um, like, which government did better? Like, was Trump good? Or, like, is how is Biden doing it? Oh, he sounds like a puppet in terms of, I feel like, um, Kamala Harris is the one pulling the strings and stuff. So there's, like, a lot of this political thoughts. And I would say there's a lot of fake news going on, too. And I feel like uh, you should never... You can give your opinion and you should be respectful of it and get to know the opinion of others. Like, honestly... To be speaking, um, like, especially in India now, like, that's America. But even in India, like, there's been a whole hype about Aryan Khan, Shahrukh Khan's son, getting, like, um, being in jail and stuff. And the poor boy, he's probably about our age, like, 21, 22. And, uh, like, there's a whole cover-up that's coming up. And um, it looks like there is a rivalry between uh, Shahrukh Khan and the BJP party. And, like, things are happening where, uh, like, it's getting out of hands. There's a lot of fake news and there's also a lot of um, like news that maybe a lot of people don't believe because of certain hate. But that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of uh, that filter bubbles right there. And I feel like to completely go with one side, you need to know both the sides. So when you do a Google search or you need to understand the perspectives about others, like I have a lot of people that I know who are very polar where uh, they're like, you know what, this is what I'm going to go through. I'm not going to listen to any other opinions, like, this is it, like, this is the holy bible of my opinions, you know, they're not really open to other opinions, and let me tell you, that doesn't do any good, you don't grow with that, there are some things that I disagree with, but, and I voice it out sometimes, like, I will say that, you know what, I completely don't agree, you know why, because I feel like this is better than this, you know, so there is always, like, both might have a good like a great opinion but there's always one thing that takes more precedence or maybe from your personal opinion like if I am an immigrant class and uh, a lot of people now are like you know immigrant class are taking away our job they're taking away this and they're taking away that but you have to also think that like one thing is that immigrant class are ready to work for a a lower wage because they find that you know they will work twice more harder so they get their job uh they get the job because they're ready to work for and of course an employer is going to hire someone who's going to work for less money than hiring one person who is going to ask for a lot of money you know so it's not the immigrant class kind of like you know but i get it that yes you are you should be the priority because you're kind of here like you've lived in america and stuff but like talking practically this is better for the employer, you know. Another thing I have a uh, little stronger beliefs on, you know, when they say that equal rights between wages for men and women. Now, there's also this one truth that women do get maternity leaves. Um, I understand that, you know, you can't really work anything with body. I totally get it. All those arguments, physical uh, differences. I totally understand. I totally understand. But the truth is that, yes, we do... To have the privilege of getting maternity leaves and having leaves too uh for different reasons you know so yes like in that sense yeah like I don't think and most of times it's not a big difference but yes I do agree that it always happens but it's very very obvious that it happens so like when people say that oh females don't really get a lot of money I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't see it. Like when you can, you can compare how many leaves you're getting with your male colleague and see how would that work, you know? So um, you have to like look at both sides before really deciding for yourself like what's going on, you know? Um, I personally, I have a belief that, you know, my my dad, he's like, you know, you should do your law career, maybe earn in six figures. You will probably earn in six figures and stuff. And I'm, like, I'm passionate about something. I'm going to go for it. For me, it's not about the money. It's about how much, like, passion. It's about traveling the world, experiencing different foods and culture and different things. And, like, settling down on that, having a nice family, getting married and, you know, having exotic places to, like, visit and stuff. So that's, like, my little dream and my little bubble, as I say. But I'm not going to be stressed about, like, job equality as much or um, getting... uh, like if this company offers me really good big salary but the the holidays are really less compared to this company which is not offering me like too big of a salary but it's good enough that I have savings I can invest in stocks and it's good enough amount of money I might I might might choose the second company because I have a comfort at home and I have more holidays I can spend time with my family It, it it's not I feel like these days people are very uh, they're very surrounded by, they're very money-minded, and I understand, why Why should they not be? You have to always think about the finances, I get it, but you got to set your, yes, you got to set your bar, like, you know, I need this much money to have a good living, I need this much money so that my kids can uh, be good well, for their college fees when they, you know, your college starting plan and things like that, like, I, I need this much amount of money. If you're going above that, that's, like, extra income you can use for your travel plans and things like that, so you need to set a bar for yourself and not be very money greedy, I would say, uh, which um, is a big question today. Like you, you have to kind of remind yourself to like get back to the point, and Be like, what was my plan earlier? Like, where am I now? Kind of give that check every time you kind of are making a tough decision as to like, should I go forward with this job or should I not? Like, you got to always like watch what's uh what Pandora's box are you opening or like what's up with that opportunity you know so like I feel like being satisfied with your career choices and um and, and kind of like thinking about it as like you know it's not don't add don't add days to your life add life to your days so the experiences count the friends you make count your family counts I feel like when I do get married in the future I would put my is a priority like I literally uh, like I tell my dad you know what dad like right now in COVID you're you're sitting home and like you're like you're an engineer so you're like being on it I felt like you know when I have my job I'm gonna have times where like three out of uh, three four days out of a week I might just open up my office and my house and I'm gonna do things from here and if there is something that needs to be like I need to meet with my clients I might just meet at an office or things like that so it's like I it's like I do have family as a priority because I feel like I'm very people person and like careers come and go but experiences how you treated people they really count because guess what I'm gonna do my job for 20 30 years after that I'm gonna be by myself you know so I need people like no one can survive without people and friends you always need someone so you gotta you gotta know like where it is and not be Surrounded by myth and kind of be greedy for opportunities and kind of climbing up the ladder, you know. It's quite deep. For sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it is very Thank deep. You. It is very deep. <laughs> and no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big like I appreciate the fact that you know, like you're sort of bringing these points out and that we can have this conversation. Because going back to something that you said about that sense of people not paying attention to the fact that there are multiple sides that's one of the reasons why I started this too because I feel like a lot of the time it's very easy to sort of build our own bubble and sort of assume our bubble to be the world but that's not necessarily the case Mm because everybody approaches things differently everybody has different experiences and they're not going to think the same way that you do Um, but sort of trying your best at least be cognizant of the fact that there are different sort of perspectives at looking Mm -hmm. at different things. I think you'll be in a better position than just sort of being in your own bubble, Mm -hmm. unaware of what lies out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I get it. Ignorance is bliss is like a (laughs) cliche statement that people tend to make. And sure, I guess it might might work for some facets of life, excuse me, of life. But in some other places, I think awareness is also key. It definitely Mm -hmm. helps. Uh, speaking of which like in terms of arguments of two different sides and things like that you said that your interest is in international law and sort of working Mm -hmm. in Geneva and Switzerland international law in itself is a rabbit hole in many ways because of the aspect of geopolitics or like you know the big daddy stance of the US or the sort of rising economic power of China or like the sort of yes for the lack of a better word the sort of negative and negative connotation attached to russia yes. so much more there's, there's a lot going on in terms of like yes. geopolitics and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff so why international law of all things
1: yes um honestly international law because yeah number one i was very influenced because i feel like um i do speak different languages i know four indian and um uh three um of foreign like I speak Latin German and French and of course English but I don't really count English in that list um but in that sense I feel like international law yes because um there is a lot of spectrum in it like and yes I would love to work in Geneva but if but I feel like America is still my priority to stay here there's a lot of scope in international law it's also one of those places where um you don't necessarily have to be abided by um uh, being in office and just working, because um, I could work in multiple ways. I could um, be a lobbyist, work for state, be the tie between state and federal government. I could be the, I don't know the exact position, but like um, there is those public relations, there's international relations, a lot of lawyers who work with the federal government who always have a tie up with different countries or like they kind of like be they're like the mediators between and advising the important like senators or U.S. even the u.s president there's a lot of a big community of those lawyers who are very much um experienced in international law and give suggestions that you know what this country they're going through this i don't think it would be the right to invest in oil or or approve their plan of um you know making a treaty to do something so their expertise always kind of helped and i have a i am a travel geek i love i uh, like my parents are really want, like a lot we're a travel family we we'll love it that's one of the reasons why I don't we don't have any pets i would love to have a dog but who's gonna take care right we're always traveling it's crazy. so one part of that is like the more you visit you travel the world the more you get to know different people the more you understand their feelings the more you get to know what's really going on when i was in india i was in a completely different bubble like it was just like this way this is the only right way but then you understand there's like so much this world is big there's so much to do and uh, going back to our point you know it's like different experiences different opportunities who knows that i could be a professor one day teaching international law with my experiences who knows if i could um be the mediator between two countries Um, who knows I could be a lobbyist there's such a big spectrum of jobs you could be in in this field and like just never-ending process you know that's what I like about it it's one of those hidden fields that not a lot of people know about it but I feel like it's it's an adventurous thing and you have to keep learning I feel like if you're not really like being updated about your career just like doctors like when there's Pfizer who came out of Moderna, all the vaccines that come out, you have to like update yourself like, like how am I going to, like how to go with it, as a doctor you have to keep learning about new things, it's the same thing for anyone, for engineers you got to learn about new systems, new, new updates, SAP, Ariba, there's like so many out there, different, um, different softwares that you have to learn about uh, to make your lives easier, to make your companies, um, you know, lives easier. The same thing with lawyers you have to keep updating about your cases what's happening around the world current events international events do you think your stock market is going to go down because uh, the, uh, the this country's dealing with oil crisis making that tough decision you know so so it's it's a great field to be in and that's why i'm really interested in it and who knows i can travel more <laughs> that yeah it's awesome for
0: sure you know because like you know if you can oh sorry go ahead
1: no no that's it yeah <laughs> no i was just getting to know your perspective on it
0: gotcha no I, it's definitely because it's like a combination of the things that you like to do versus the things that and excuse me not versus but mm-hmm. and sort of your interests in terms of the things yeah. that you're willing to explore because like you said there's definitely a lot you get to learn in terms of just traveling and being around different people because right. it adds a lot to your perspective and the way that you approach things because that person approaches something differently in that you visualizing that and not visualizing, I guess, but you seeing that mm-hmm. opens up your brain to many different other or many other possibilities
1: mm-hmm. of
0: looking at or ta- looking at something or tackling something. So that's definitely a huge um, asset in terms of being able to sort of look at things from different angles. And I think, like you said, it's something that you'd be de- de- developing through travel or, just you know learning more about things that you're interested in about your career so it definitely goes a long way um to sort of taper off towards the latter stages of the podcast um mm-hmm. and you've mentioned something very interesting which i'll maybe tap on a little towards the yeah. end but um what is something that well i guess i'll just go into it now I'm sort of trying to make the mental decision as I'm talking but you said something really interesting that I really found beautiful was that Mm -hmm. you don't want to add days to your life you want to add life to your days Mm -hmm. so from that statement that you just made what is something that Ridi Yadav would like to have done in her life or in any way like what is something that you would like to be looking back upon if you were on your deathbed? It's Obviously. very deep, but yeah. Yeah, no,
1: I get it. I get it. Um To answer your question, um, I'm a very people pleaser. It's, it kind of sounds mm-hmm. very weird, but I really am. Like um, I care about my mother's thoughts. I um there was a time when I was, you know, when I was in India even here, I would I would love it when my when my mom was told, you know, your, your daughter sings so well. Even now it happens actually at the temple when I sing, when I go to different concerts, usually the aunties would kind of like approach my mother or my parents were like, you know, she sings really great, like what did she do? Like, where did you get the training? You know, I love it, I, I love it. And then like, you know, when we're sitting in the car, like parents are really proud about it. they were like, you, know, you did great kind of thing. So I have been a little bit of that in the past and still I'm kind of a little bit. But I feel like when I am one that, when I'm going to look back, it's like, you know what? What have I achieved in my life? I think I am I, a person who I want to kind of be known, have my own identity that could not be forgotten. And uh, somehow it's like, when I, I'm going to be, yes, like international law is my passion. So is immigration law, actually, I kind of hit that a little bit, but I'm going to concentrate on immigration law eventually because I'm very passionate about that too. I feel like there's so much legislative changes that can be done in terms of immigration law, but I want to be known for something that I, that has always been my first love and it still is, and the only one that I've really had. I'm really passionate about Indian classical music and it's also a dying culture now. Um, not a lot of people really go with it. I've had a lot of like my mom's friends and like a lot of the aunties in the Indian community be like, "Why don't you te- teach? You know, why don't you teach?". I don't think I'm ready yet to teach because it's like right now I'm. Kind of focusing on my career once i started i want to do more better in my f- own field and and i don't think i'm that great yet yes i do have a voice yes i do i have been singing for long enough but it's not enough because if i was in india right now i would have probably been on a graduation level of like of singing but sadly i'm not there yet i'm probably at the high school level now you know in terms of singing i'm trying to kind of balance it out but the thing is I have promised myself and it's something i'm really going to do when i do um get into law school um there is this singer he's his name is Mahesh Kari and he's actually i really admire him because i feel I kind of connect with him a little bit he doesn't know me yet i texted him on instagram and like emailed him about you know that one day like i really want to like get trained like would you please like to be my teacher would you like to be my guru and I told him about my situation that I've been learning for 16 years. I practiced by myself. I Skype my teacher. I learned it. But, but I would really love it if you could be my teacher, you know. And he said, yeah, of course. Like, you know, let's, let's set up a meeting someday. And um, we'll, we'll discuss more about that. And, uh, you know, it was very nice talking to you. Kind of. And this guy, you know, he has sung classical songs in movies. He teaches. He has classes here in America. He is a well-known figure. He has sung. Uh, he's literally has been a judge for Indian television show. Like he is a big hype. Like he's really good. But I relate to him in the f- in the sense that he also came from India. Like he he was in India. He learned at um, a, a well-known um, Abhishek Jitendra Abhishek. He he kind of like learned singing from him with a um, with a system where the where the um, student has to stay at the guru's place. Like the old style teaching that used to happen way, you know, in like thousands or 500 years back where uh, there was an age where like kids were left by their parents and the teacher's house to like learn Vedas and things like that. The same kind of system he did that. He lived at his uh, teacher's place and he learned singing. He finished it all. When it came to college and master's, he came to U.S. for master's. Uh, he lived here. He got married. His wife encouraged him to um, go back to singing because, uh, you know, she encouraged him to like, no, continue doing singing. And now he's here, you know. So I relate with him a little bit because, like, I feel like there's still a part of me that's left in India where I feel like I could, like, I I don't think I can die peacefully without achieving that PhD in singing, you know? Like, I wanna be like I'm not trying to say that I want to be famous but I definitely want to be recognized or I, I want to like pass on my knowledge and have like I want to eventually teach singing and like pass it on because I come from the Gwalior gharana of Indian classical music my teacher she's about 50 years old she, was t- she teaches me and I keep on doing it but I feel like I don't want this culture to die I really don't I'm a very old soul person like I probably I always tell my friends like guys I feel like I'm born in the wrong generation, like, I've never, like, really dated, like, like, I mean, yeah, like, my parents are also straight, so we're, I'm not really, we're not really, my sister and I, we're not really allowed to, like, be in any sort of dating culture, but at the same time, like, i never, I mean, I guess I don't have the time for it, or nor do I, you know, I, I, I feel like I should first achieve my goal, and um, there was really a funny thing, it's like, if you're not ready to get married, um, then don't date, because it's like, there's many ways to have fun, you could join, you could have a hobby to have fun, you could get a job to have fun, you could earn money to have fun, and, you know, go take a few drinks, or like, whatever, like, you know, you could take a hobby, you could do some, do anything else, but don't use someone's heart to have fun, you know, don't hurt someone's feelings for that, because being in relationship there's a breakup, so I'm a very old school person in that sense. And I feel like there's so much to learn in this world. When I was in India, I used to do Bharat Natyam. I did it for five years. I didn't get to the Arun stage, seat, but I'm very close to it. I did Bharat Natyam, I did singing. I was in Ashlands and space skating. Not to brag about it, but that I'm just trying to explain my side of where I came from. So I never had, like, you know, a f- like not really, like, a free time. And I never complained about it, like, Monday, Tues, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. After coming back from school, I had my tuitions because in India tuitions are very uh, common. And my mom used to go to do, d- do her job, so like she would come at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. I had to go for my skating class. So my nanny used to be there till like six, and she would take care of me and my sister, would get me from the school bus to my house, and kind of feed us, like give us food and things like that. And I would do my homework. By then, had my tuitions right after I come, and then after my tuitions I would go for my speed skating class that lasted from 7 to 9 p.m you know so like Monday Wednesday Friday I had that Tuesday Thursday I had singing classes with my teacher like this was after school singing classes Saturday Sunday I did uh, painting and actually paint too but not professionally I just love to paint I feel like it gives me a sense of peace to kind of have thoughts to myself so like my days were always busy I had I always had something going on you know and I never really found the time to or getting distracted by any kind of emotions and I and I feel like something you want to really hide from your parents you shouldn't really be doing it because if I do like a person or if I do fall in love with someone I I don't want to hide him I want to be proud of him I want to show him up you know I like you because you have something that I don't I look at you I respect you you know I respect you for what you do you're different from me Uh, you have something that I don't I want to learn from you that should be the mutual understanding between two people And I feel like love is a whole different topic where it's like totally different. It's like we're not at that stage yet because I know right now my focus is to get on into my singing world, kind of be fair to my music industry, and then also become a lawyer as something so that I can have a basic life going and then work on my singing. Like the day I become a successful lawyer, I'm going to dedicate my whole life to just getting better at singing and of course, later on, starting a family, that's a different story. But, you know, there's just so much to learn in this world. There's just so much to do. And I feel like people just need to understand that, you know, that you should use hobbies and different things to have fun. And you don't necessarily need to date to feel like you belong into the society. Not a dating culture has gone so crazy where, like, everyone just kind of feels this pretty normal. Like, oh, I have a boyfriend. Oh, I got to engage ring. ring. There's just so much happening right now. I feel like people should focus on themselves a little bit more, and just open their eyes, and see the world, how beautiful it is, you don't need no man, to make yourself feel like, oh, okay, I belong to this world, you could always be a different you, you know, yeah, I know it's a little off topic, but I feel like it's very important to like, know, because we're at that age, where it's like, young adults, I feel like people get a lot pressurized, I have friends who Or like really like I like this guy, but then it's like I don't know. I was like, why do you need (laughs) that? Like, what's going on? Like, just focusing on yourself. Or if you really like it, then make sure you don't hide it from your parents. And that happens a lot in Indian community. Trust me, I have a lot of friends who really feel. That's
0: totally okay. The fact that you went there is totally fine, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I appreciate the fact that you went there because you know it's something that we do need to think about in a lot of ways when we sort of make the choices be it in our dating lives or anything else like if you even if you sort of have these aspirations in terms of well I mean it's never always going to go the way you want it to go for sure Mm -hmm. but I think as long as you know what you want and you sort of give it a shot and sort of then see how things work out and sort Mm -hmm. of mold yourself around that I think that'll make you a happier person than sitting back and sort of not doing what you wanted to do because you were afraid of the outcome and then later on you're just going to regret doing something or not doing something so i'm I'm glad that you shared all of that Mm -hmm. and i'm also hopeful and i wish that all Mm -hmm. of your dreams and all of your wishes come true the um through becoming a lawyer initially and then sort of expanding on singing because like you said just to sort of um mentioned that thought before we go into the word association game. Um, classical music is definitely a culture that is diminishing over time. So mm-hmm. it's great to hear that you know you're someone that's willing to sort of try and do your part to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you for that, and uh, yeah, for sure, okay. I hope you, I wish you the best in terms of everything that you choose to do. Um, and thank you so much for sharing everything that you did. I really appreciate it
1: course anytime yeah
0: yeah cool uh so we're going to transition into into the word association game which is Mm -hmm. called bish bash bosh so basically Mm -hmm. i will give you five different words Mm -hmm. that are the same recurring words on every episode and basically you'd have to respond to each word in either three (laughs) words or three different words or phrases so for example if i was to say music what are the three things that sort of come to your mind okay that's sort of how this will go along if you have any questions in between feel free to ask me um but yeah just three words three different words or three different phrases that call out to you you don't need to necessarily go into the recesses of your mind to find something Mm -hmm. you can literally just say whatever comes to you first yeah um so the first word is Mm -hmm. differences what are the things that are calling out to you when i say the word differences
1: differences i feel like in terms of differences i will say um just to me in general, I really think i'm I'm a little different uh, meaning I'm really old school and I don't have a lot of kind of friends who are a little old school like I still feel very tied up to the Indian culture so closely that I still call my friends back in India and um I feel like there's a difference another thing that comes up like is um, there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. I feel like friends are something like i I know that they exist, I talk to them, I never hesitate to reach out to them, Um, we share our thoughts, they know about me, they have visited my house, my parents know about them, Um, those kind of things, so they're friends, I could like cry in their arms, I could share my thoughts, it's like, am I doing all right, like what's going on? They're friends. Acquaintance is something like, I feel like it's Instagram, it's social media, you know those people, you might talk to them once or twice, but there's a difference there because there's one who is a friend who you trust and they trust you back and they count on you so do you An acquaintance is someone that you know you talk to them but you can't really call them your friends yet because you never know and you got to be careful in that situations with that but yeah that's one thought second is me just being old school and I don't I take I take pride in it honestly because I feel like there's a lot of things that a lot of complex things that I don't really understand yet because as I said you know when I elaborated on Dating culture uh, in general. Um, it's also like the the difference here is also that if if I don't have time for someone, then I should I feel like I should if I want to go that path, I want to make sure that I invest my time in that relationship and not give wrong hopes. I want to make sure that we both have time for each other and be the backbone kind of thing, you know. So the difference here is trying to understand your priorities right. And also make sure that you're not treating someone else unfairly. That's a difference. Third thing is also, I feel like difference, And the third thing for differences as a big uh, word. Um, you've known, we have known Indian, like Indian kids or Indian students, Indian people. There's Americans right there. Then there's Indian American. I feel like we're totally in a Van world, that gray area right there, who always find it tough and challenging every day to live as an Indian American because it's like you, your parents, they hold you on Indian standards. They want you to be like a total, or maybe closer to like an Indian, and then you have the outside world who, when you assimilate in, they think of you as Indian too. My parents, for exa- for exa- example, they think I'm too american for them i i love eating out i love trying new lemonades and new drinks and stuff not alcoholic drinks i don't drink because it's bad for your voice also i don't drink nothing against anyone who loves to drink But you'll just find me in the corner having a nice lemonade or something but it's like you know uh, as an indian american it's like your parents hold you on an indian standard and then you have your uh they think of you as an american that oh you're too american for me and when you go outside the society they think you're too indian for them so you always are like right there you have to keep a balance you know like over the years that's what i've learned like you have to keep it like a balance of like you know just embracing your culture but at the same time um you know you're different you're certainly like people think you're too indian or like too american and then you're right here you're like you know i'm both why can't i embrace both so you kind of turn out to be that hybrid between two, which I feel like it's mostly a blessing. It's not really a curse. It's mostly a blessing. It, it, you just have to kind of look at it and be like, okay, what did I gain from it? So yeah, those are three differences. Friends versus acquaintances. Then you have Indian American as a bubble versus India Indian and complete different American. And then the third thing is dating culture. Giving time and stuff, the differences between what's really true and what is right to do. Hopefully, I answered that right.
0: (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. You're good. The second word is nuances. I appreciate you sort of going into that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, I think you sort of Mm -hmm. gave quite a nuanced answer. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, what are the three things that sort of call out to you when I say the word nuance?
1: Nuance. Oh. Like what irritates me—is that what you mean?
0: No, like, like what are the three things that sort of call out to you when I say the word "nuance"? Like, for example, if I was to say the word, like I mentioned earlier, like if I was to say music, mm-hmm. would it be classical mm-hmm. lessons and teaching, something like that? So, what would what would be three things that sort of called out to you when I when you heard the word "nuance"? And these could be yeah. the first things that sort of pop out to you,
1: right? I mean. I would say finding time for family <laughs> as one, um, also keeping the ground between um, Bollywood music, Indian classical, or listening to like hip hop or like different kind of music around. So you're like, what am I? But then I guess why can't you be all? Why can't you embrace all? You know, kind of a thing. And third thing is, like, travel plans and stuff, like, get getting that independence as to, like, um, okay, yes, I'm an adult and stuff, but I don't think I have the confidence to kind of go alone and in the woods, and just <laughs> explore and stargaze and stuff. That's what comes in my mind, with the word nuance.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, the the third word, excuse me, is learning. What are the three things that call out to you when I say the word learning?
1: Okay, learning. Um, of course, Indian classical music comes first. I want to learn that till I die. Like, I feel like there's always new things you can learn. Second is learning different, uh, honestly, language, like Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but I would love to one day like, you know, go on with it, add another feather to my hat, I guess, <laughs> a golden feather. And then a third one would be travel. Travel, and not just for the sake of looking at beautiful things around or some things, but also traveling can also mean um, going to a nature trail and connecting with nature in terms of, like maybe take a dip in the waterfall, maybe maybe like walk around, go to a farm nearby, talk to, you know, talk to different people, their languages, get their experiences, look at their daily lives. Like, how do they live, you know? But yeah, how is the life outside of being awesome. a silly girl learning awesome. how to survive without right. electronics?
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. The fourth word is empathy. What are the three things I sort of call out to you when I say the word empathy?
1: Empathy. Hmm. I'm empathetic to um, my friends and uh, my cousins because I can't like I they really miss me and uh, they make we make really good travel plans and stuff. Then it's like we can't like there's so much like a of my friends is about to get engaged and she really wanted me to be with her in India, but then it's like I couldn't be there. You know I can't be there for their big day because I'm in the middle. something so it's like i'm empathetic about the situations that kind of come along with it because there's some experiences you're gonna lose them eventually empathetic for second thing i would also say is um my mother's parents my grandma grandpa um i really miss them a lot um i remember when my grandma is like a total like plant lady she has coffee, apple, like, plants and stuff. They're not going to grow to their full size. They're really not. Indian conditions are not great for them. She still plants them, and it's amazing. We we connect on that level. My, my grandma actually wanted to sing, but she had six other siblings after her. She was the oldest, so as an older sibling, she has to always, like, kind of make sacrifices for that. So she never got to sing. My mother was too academic. She wanted to prove a point that a woman in late 19th century, the, like, in early 2000s she can't have a normal job and things like that she never got the time to like sing Fortunately, me I got the opportunity to sing and I want to take it forward so I'm empathetic to like people in the family who had to sacrifice a lot to so that I get to you know singing. there's no relation between my grandmother's past and like me yes but I, I feel really I feel like it has come down on me like my voice kind of expresses that like when I sing I feel like I'm kind of living the dream of something my, my grandmother and my mom wanted to live. So I'm empathetic about that. Third thing is also, like, whenever I look at my plants, like, I'm a total plant lady. I'm a plant mom. I love helping my dad um, plant uh, and stuff. So I connect with my dad in that sense. Like, no matter what, no matter even we have rough pastures and stuff, I always connect with my dad in terms of talking about stocks or <laughs> um, or talking about plants and taking care of them you know those kind of things so like doing that relaxes me but i connect with my dad in that sense and i also connect with it kind of reminds me back in india how like we had a garden and how when i was a kid my uncle used to put a hammock and i would like rest over there and i would climb the mango tree pluck the mango and eat it like on the tree itself like not i was so not ready of coming down until like a whole half afternoon is spent there good memories with all that you know there's just a lot of memories, like I'm very empathetic about my times in India and my grandparents and the fact that I get to live the life that they never got to live. So I want to make the like the best decisions uh, give it to my full and make the fullest out of everything I uh-huh. have. I don't want to miss anything. I'm a very curiosity um, I'm a very curious person. I want to do everything. <laughs>
0: Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> and the last word for this segment is similarities. What are the three things that sort of call out to you when I say the word similarities?
1: similarities um, I feel like similarities in terms of culture like um it brings joy to my face when I say actually um my mom uh we when I was in high school in the ninth grade, um, there was my, my one of my mom's friends she was her colleague before. And then they have been living here for about twenty years or more now. But but my family kind of visited them in Pennsylvania and it was really great. And I met their two sons and um I like I thought that my mom mentioned that the second son he was born here in America but uh but then I, I thought that he was probably born in India, that he speaks fluent Marathi, which is my mother tongue, after I left their house that day after, you know, meeting the family and kinda of spending some time my mom was like, no, he was born here, I was like, well, how does he speak so well, he's born here, he's brought up here how does he speak so well, he was like, his mother, you know, they talk Marathi in the house, they have kept the culture alive, now, that was a changing point, I was like, man, like, they're, they take so much pride in the culture, like, I, I that was a similarity to I felt, like, as an Indian American community, like, as an Indian American myself, there's so much to take from that person, from the younger son, I was like, I was impressed, honestly. I was like, you know what? One day, like, that. now that's one of those persons where it's like, he probably doesn't even know about her, but it was really shocking to me when my mom said he was born here. I was like, how does he keep that language alive? Like, Marathi, it's one of, like, you can lose it. Like, I, I know an Indian family here whose kids came here in their young day, like in their young days in high school and something, but they're in 40s now. They're my parents' age, and they lost the language. But, like, it made me realize that, no, there are people who take pride in Indian culture, in Maharas- Maharashtra culture, which I am, and I should never shy away from it. At first, I used to, there's another similarity, i a lot of, um, you know, other cultural people, they prefer to speak, other kids, even now, kids who are Indian, uh, of Indian descent, they uh, speak English when they're in public, even in gatherings, to speak English. I don't shy away from speaking Marathi when I'm with my parents, and to some families, it's really surprising because like we don't shy away from speaking morality even in public you know at first i used to be but then i realized like why should i be Why why don't i embrace it you know as i matured and as i grew as i went to high school i kind of realized i shouldn't kind of you know i shouldn't be shy about it so i went for it that's another similarity um and last thing is uh friends come to my mind in terms of similarity, we all are trying to get through college. We all are struggling, not really in all terms, but, like, we all are trying to, like, put our base and try to be, get a new, like, get a good job, buy a house, buy a land, piece of land, maybe a lake house, you know? So we're all riding right the same boat, and it's always good to know that there's always someone you can share your feelings with and be like, you know what, what do you think? Am I doing something wrong, you know? And I feel like we're all having similar situations but we all have different ways of handling them but those three are the similarities i think (laughs) of
0: that's cool i'm sorry i had myself muted over there because i was breathing a little or sniffling excuse me (laughs) uh (laughs) but no i appreciate the fact that you sort of dug in deep into this so thank you so much for sharing everything that you did and playing along on yeah. this segment of Bish Bash Bosh, we're gonna transition to the last two questions for the podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's four, just two. Um, <laughs> first one, being how do you relate to people? This could be in any context that you see to seem fit.
1: Yeah, I relate to people in terms of their experiences. I feel like every face has something behind it. Like, you know, one time there is this one friend I used to have, and he was pretty different, like, he would, like, it was actually in high school, like, he was just perfect, like, I felt like he was a perfect being, but then, later on, I realized, like, how much, like, he struggled through life, like, he went through depression, he learned his hard ways and stuff, and it, it it just kind of mind boggled me, like, how can such a perfect face still have a little dark side to him that this happened to him, you know, um, People change over time, and I totally understand it. So I feel like there's always, you know, I feel like all our lives are like mirrors. Like, yes, there's a reflection that we have, but there's also the backside of the mirror, which is always dark. And only a true friend, once people trust you, it's like, you get to see those leaflets kind of coming apart, and you're like, oh, so this person is a little bit different. Like, I must, like, I feel like, I mean, I'm a little, like, complex person, because it's like, my life is, like, an open book, it's literally, like, I don't shy away, and I don't know why, like, my friends call me quite humorous, but what I'm literally doing is, I literally have, like, a very, it's honest, it's an honest opinion, like, one 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 time my friend was like, really, why don't you have a pet? I was like, well, you know, um, I would love to have a fish, because, <laughs> and I was so brutal about that, like, you know, because, like, when I was a kid, my, my sister kind of copied me because my dad kind of wanted me to feed the fish So when he was going to be gone. So, like, I, like my sister watched me feed it. So, she wanted to do similar. So, she just emptied the whole um kind of, like, bottle. And then the fish were in coma or they even died. So, like, I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm scarred by that event. I don't want to kill any other pet. But I was like, if I was to get a fish, I told my friends, I was like, if I was to get a fish, in case if it passes away, I can just flush it down the toilet. Which is pretty brutal i shouldn't even say it but it's just those normal kind of like weird things i say So it's like just complexity you know it's, it's very complex but getting back to the point it's like i feel like experiences with different people are totally different but at the same time you always kind of come back together like i know one time like you friends can't be upset with each other for a long time like no matter what you always need each other It like, does. been times when like I have been upset because my friends were like we didn't get the time to hang out or they've been upset because i didn't have the time to hang out. But there's always a mutual understanding as to what's happening in person side and they always kind of hang out together with you so yeah there's always a scope for betterment in that situation
0: awesome awesome that's awesome and <laughs> the last question which is not really a question yeah. but more of a request is if you could share something positive that keeps you going or something that you'd like for people to take away from this conversation that we had, yeah, uh, feel free to do so. The floor yes. is yours.
1: For Sure. Um, the last thing I would literally say is, there's just two thoughts. I know this sounds like a pretty Google quote, but I will say, add life to your days, not days to your life. Like literally, my mom has been like, you know, like if you eat a lot of sweets you're gonna die one day i was like mom i would die but uh, like if i do die i'm gonna die after eating food like i love food i'm gonna eat for them then i'm gonna die i'm gonna be happy you know she was like yeah i gave birth to you because so that i can see you die right i was like i'm gonna die after eating food (laughs) it's like that drive. so it's like i feel like there's nothing to like you can't be always sad like i feel like just give give love you know, jealousy that has no place. It just kind of I know a lot of people say this, but like honestly, like I have been a people pleaser. I feel like I have much experience in this, like how to get people the right way. But yeah, add uh, life to is not day to your life. Um I have been very hard working and uh I know this sounds like a total dream world. I'm I'm really not trying to brag or anything, but yes, I have worked hard and I have had a lot of sleepless nights and I've given my best and I continue to give my best. So, you know, um for me, I have a quote that success is not a not an option. It's the only option. It's, like, it's not an option. It is the only option, kind of thing. And like hard work always pays off. And uh, yeah, just work hard, and you know, success will come behind you. I think it's a quote from like three idiots that um success will follow. Karo. Like agar tum Something along those lines. And I really I was like, you know what, that is so true. Because I just kind of work hard. Don't think about promotion or like whatsoever. Just kind of enjoy the journey. And I totally agree with it. And that's a suggestion for everyone to like kind of go with it.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. No, hey, that's that's a great thought too. And it's a profound thought to sort of (laughs) close off on because it's definitely something that we all think about as people as in as people in our age as young adults so it's definitely something to sort of uh, ponder on and to sort of realize that you know put in the work and you'll get what you want kind of thing so for sure that's a profound thought to close on thank you so much for sharing everything Riti I appreciate you taking the time to do this Um, and yeah to everybody who's listening and watching thank you so much we'll see you guys next time Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast featuring Krivi. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on the platform of your choice and follow Random Relatability on social media. Share your thoughts on the guest introduction post on the Random Relatability Instagram page, and also check the description for other sources of information and content that we've talked about today. Make sure to also subscribe to the newsletter as you can find the link in the show notes as well. If you've made it thus far. Thank you once again, I really appreciate you listening to the entire episode and joining in on the conversation. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and don't forget to keep your mind open to different perspectives, because you never know, random relatability might just be around the corner.